0: I had a fully charged conversation this week with Tom Willis, who looks after the marketing at Saft, a firm specializing in high-tech batteries for industry. We talked about our diverse energy needs from planes to manhole covers, as well as the Swiss watch precision that goes into making those handmade batteries. I hope you enjoy this conversation as much as I did. From Redfern Media this is Remake Manufacturing. My guest this week is Tom Willis, Marketing Director at SAFT, a company specializing in advanced technology battery solutions for industry, now owned by Total Energies. Tom has experience across sales, account management, and operations management. At SAFT, he's responsible for teams covering communications and applications, as well as product and market management for the Connected Energy Division. Tom, welcome to the show. Good afternoon. First off then, elephant in the room, you're a Watford season ticket holder. Surely you could invest your money better elsewhere.
1: <laughs> you're probably right, yeah. I was recently complaining to a friend of mine about how uh, Elton John could get a seat in the ground this season due to the COVID and I couldn't yet. Uh, <laughs> but then I was reminded by my friend that uh, Elton John's got the stand name after him. So uh, he's probably got uh, <laughs> the first refusal on the ticket at the moment, yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah, you get, probably need to get to know him a little bit so that you can uh, get a seat alongside him in his stand. How, how's the team doing these days?
1: Oh, they just got promoted back to the Premier League. So it's uh, another season of getting uh, beaten up by all the big clubs, I think, uh, in, uh, in the next season. yeah.
0: Well, let's talk batteries. You got your first job when you were 19 years old and you've been working in the sector ever since. What is it about batteries and energy that first interested you?
1: Well, I would be fibbing if I said that, you know, I I dreamed as a child of selling batteries, you know, it was, I think I actually dreamed of being one of them (laughs) people getting paid too much money to run around on the football pitch. But, um, but no, I I was, you know, at the time I was 19, I was young, it was a paying job. And that was what it was all about. But, uh, but I have stayed in the industry because it's a good industry to stay in. It's a a good, it's a good industry to be working in, um, because it changes each year. So it's, it uh, wasn't ever the, the plan to go into it, but it's certainly the plan to stay in it.
0: And what's your journey been like so far? Obviously, starting at such a young age, you, you've seen the, the company from top to bottom, the, the world of batteries from top to bottom.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, my first job was uh, was with Sanyo, who uh, are a Japanese uh, firm. Uh, I, was, I was nothing more than an admin uh, guy, really. You know, I enjoyed it. Uh, I was, you know, making the tea and doing the filing, you know, as, as often people do in their first job. Um, but, uh, as the years have gone on, of course, my career's progressed and the industry's progressed. And, uh, and of course I was, I was pleased to, to eventually get to SAF because it was, uh, it was, you know, sounds, sounds, sounds like a made up comment, but it was a, it was a place I wanted to get to in the end because SAFT was a good business. So I was pleased to eventually join SAFT. Um, but, uh, the good thing with batteries is that it is quite a, uh, ever-changing industry it's uh, there's always new products there's always new applications where batteries are needed so you know the things i was doing um, you know 20 years ago are probably are applications that don't even exist anymore so i quite like the fact that it evolves as it goes along
0: and we are talking about quite high-tech batteries here not the kind of thing that you just put in your tv remote control do you want to just sort of give us a picture of the kind of batteries that you're working on
1: yeah well saft is a, is a, is primarily a lithium battery manufacturer with with around uh 20 uh, something factories around the world but yes it's uh, not consumer goods it's not uh, kids toys it's uh, it's industrial applications and you know whether that's uh, you know mobility type products which have uh, you know uh, batteries going onto airbus or Boeing, aircraft or or through to small um, tags going on to cows ears and everything in between so it's a it's all very industrial but it's all high tech in the sense of uh, the chemistry the electrochemistry mostly being lithium is usually uh, a high technology development
0: and when your clients come to you is it as simple as um, providing energy for whatever needs they have or does it get more complicated than that
1: well, it's uh, often people think that it is, as you just said, it's 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 taking the the energy need and can we fulfil it? But uh, there's so much more. Batteries are, you know, really quite organic. There's 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 lithium reacting with an electrolyte. So, there's, of course, there's lots of factors that need to be considered. Whether it's environmental factors, how you use the battery. Um, there's there's many different ways a battery can be used. So we have to make sure that not only is the battery that's being developed the right uh, fit for the customer's need, but actually it will be the right need for the, the the way they're using it and for the time they want to use it. And bearing in mind here that there are some applications where, where the battery requirement is, is 15 or 20 years. And in some cases as well, if you've got some type of uh, smoke alarm or something critical, you know, you, you've got to have that reliability for that length of time. Uh, it could be a critical thing. So it's um, that's the, the main thing is, is, is not just to work out the specification of what a customer needs, but it's also whether that will still work as they wanted it uh, in 15 years time when we may have all moved jobs and and that application is still sitting somewhere out in the field.
0: And how hard is it to tick those boxes to supply the needs, but also future proof the uh, the product?
1: It's, okay to uh to do that in the sense of we can, we've got a lot of good data we spend uh, a lot of uh, time and money every year as a business to make sure we're testing what we make and we know the product's capabilities and what it can and can't do so we we can give confidence to customers um i think the issue is more to do with um the specification in the first place uh to to help educate and um, without patronizing or condescending customers but to to help uh help customers understand that the you know the the battery has a life not just a a certain amount of fuel in the tank and we we have to kind of almost consider it appropriately
0: and let's talk about examples last time we spoke you mentioned some interesting applications cows you mentioned earlier and manhole covers do you want to just talk us through a couple of those
1: well yeah we, we we when we talk about what we do you know people people think you know you know, there, there is a bit of a, a flippant, you know, a batteries a battery kind of approach sometimes. And yeah, I mean, in, in our world, I, I'm working for the connected energy uh, division of the company. Um, but that still means that our our, our applications uh, and batteries we're providing to customers is very, very far and wide. So, yes, you've used the, the cows. I mean, I think there's something like nine million cows per year born in uh, the Netherlands. Uh, You know, so on on most of those cows will be a tag which will invariably have a battery either on its ear or on its on a a collar. Um, And it will be a battery that will help to sense such things as if the cow's not eating enough. You know, that motion of chewing can be detected. That motion of if the cow's lying down and has gone lame can be detected, which actually saves a lot of money on unnecessary immunizations for cows. it can be more uh, cure rather than kind of almost too many too many injections uh, for prevention, and so if you take that sort of example, you know that's something you wouldn't even consider. But nonetheless, it's a it's an industry for us.
0: Does that mean that you uh, spend a lot of time in Dutch fields chasing after cows, just making sure everything's hunky dory?
1: <laughs> well, I, uh, I tell my wife, you know, I'm, I'm sort of doing this sort of glamorous job, you know, traveling around for SAF. But yeah, I'm uh, sometimes in my uh, wellies in Utrecht or something, and it's a, uh, it's not as glamorous as you might think. Yeah, um, uh, and and my the state of the hire cars I return will probably vouch for that as well. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and you're about to mention, I think, the New York manhole covers. Do you want to just kind of paint a picture of what that one's all about?
1: Yeah I mean that's like I say that that we use it as a bit of a good example because uh, you know it's almost like uh, it's not the polar opposite to the cow uh, analogy or story but it's uh, it's certainly you know you, this is where you go to far more high tech you go to it's actually a safety device we're doing a lot of uh, a lot of batteries that contribute towards the safety of the new york uh, infrastructure because in new york under the city there's no you know, there's no uh, power lines, it's all everything's under the ground. So it means you've got water and electricity kind of almost running side by side. So there have been instances where where manhole covers have become electrified, unfortunately, which has been very, very unsafe. So, you know, we, we, we're we helping with uh, certain customers where the battery is helping to detect the flow and the height of the water underneath the city. Um, but as I say, this is a quite a typical application for us but so is the so are the cow tags but if you uh, put everything in between you know the, the fundamental is it's a battery detecting something um that has to be monitored by someone whether it's the farmer or whether it's the guy working for the equivalent of the national grid in new york the fundamentals kind of remain quite constant
0: and with everything becoming smart these days with the internet of things as they call it um how is the production and deployment of batteries evolved to to keep up with that trend
1: well the internet of things is is a little bit of 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 a market that has been rebadged we've already been in for for 15 or more years Um, you know we've always had uh, sim cards in devices uh, 2g 3g and so on the internet of things just creates a far better and comprehensive almost mesh above us of information So we can have information in real time on an app or on a tablet or whatever, and it brings everything together that much more comprehensively. It doesn't actually change the core of our business. A lot of these things like the cow tags and so on are things that we've been doing for years anyway. Um, but But for sure, the network is better, which does lead to more applications. But it does actually, if anything, lead to more power hungry applications now. So we've actually been diversifying our products a little bit to be... Um, more suitable for those devices that do want to take a big gulp of power as opposed to something that just sort of bubbles along for five or ten years it's more devices that will tend to take big gulps of power you know every month and and it's actually a battery that will last for you know two to five years um, as much as it is applications that last for 15 to 20 years
0: and has the technology of the batteries stayed the same over the time that you've been working there or or have things evolved in that capacity
1: a mixture of the pair. I mean, uh, Saft is still selling products that that you know when I was when I was when I was twenty twenty one and selling Saft for the first time. Uh, a lot of the products are you know the same thing, but there are obviously a lot of improvements behind the scenes, uh, continuous improvements and tweaks uh, to to make everything uh, that much more improved and robust. And and as I say, we, the, the, I think the big focus at the moment for us is to focus on pulsing of a battery. You know, which is which is where we need to account for devices in the IoT and and other markets that are taking those big bursts of energy. So technology hasn't changed so much in my division. There's a lot of developments all the time. um, uh, And there's, there's, always new things coming through Um, but I would say in my division we we are reasonably constant none that said you know I think we do something like six to ten new products per year even in our division alone but they could be products that are a tweak from something we've already got
0: and you've also been working with Rolls-Royce is that right what have you been doing with them
1: I did a project a, a couple of years ago for Rolls-Royce for a uh, a, a bit of a safety kit uh, to go into the the vehicles there. I think it was actually a uh, it was something that was being developed for uh, I can't can't say too much because I did do some 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 um some NDAs at the time but it was essentially uh, a device that would activate in the event of if you've uh, rolled a Rolls, you know, it, it was it was designed for um uh, if in the event of an accident or something, it would it would uh, it would activate and it would basically like an e call type system, really.
0: So it's a huge variety of applications that you're working on. It sounds like does that make it difficult from a marketing point of view? Uh,
1: yes and no. I mean, I think uh, if you try to work in marketing or do communications based on uh, everything that you uh, every application you've got, you 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 you'd, you'd become too niche for most of the, your audience. So I think it's our our, our communications uh, director uh, in SAFT is always talking about um, uh, engagement more than broadcasting. So broadcasting is essentially advertising your business. But what we're trying to do is if you take, I know I'm coming back to this same point again, but if you take the cows and you take the manhole covers, well, actually, the principles are the same. You're talking about long life. Uh, you're talking about batteries that are going to be experiencing different environmentals, whether it's hot cold and, and in the middle um you are you're, you're seeing uh, applications that are, are are going to uh need a burst of power once a month or once every three months whatever it might be so when we're doing our marketing yes it would be almost it would almost make it impossible to try and do your marketing based on specific uh, niches um, but what you try to do is you try to tell the interesting story about an application but in the hope that it wouldn't necessarily resonate with a customer from a point of view of having the same application, but it would resonate in the sense of solution finding and solving the puzzle that a particular guy might need to solve when developing his products, whatever that may be.
0: Mm. So you became marketing director last year, I believe. Yeah. Uh, what are you responsible for exactly? And what's the breakdown of uh, a typical day or a typical week for you?
1: I've been, uh, Asked to be the marketing director since uh, last, I think September or October. Uh, I've moved over from the sales, and I think the part of the the, the reasoning behind that was from uh, for us to make sure that all the marketing we do is there to support and uh, and help customers and sales, and and not just be um, the, the sort of doing the advertising and so on. Um, but my job is very varied. dumb I'm I'm lucky and unlucky at once because uh, it's very varied, which means I have a a lot of topics every day um but sometimes that does mean that you don't necessarily fully submerge yourself into one thing because you're you're moving from meeting to meeting and it's the i feel sometimes the equivalent of the guy that kind of pops his head in the office asks how it's all going asks a couple of questions and then clears off to the next office along and does the same there um <laughs> but yeah my my role uh it looks after the communications um uh which is of course the 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 traditional things such as our exhibitions and our, our our blogs and our Twitter and LinkedIn and so on. Um I also look after the applications engineers for the company um who are quite self-sufficient and, and self-managing, but they're the ones that really are doing a lot of the work on identifying whether a battery is suitable for what a customer's asking for um and then uh after that there's the product managers which uh does what it says in the tin and then the market managers we've got people that look after specific markets to become a little bit of an expert in whether in their own markets whether it's iot metering security security military and so on so it's yeah it's a very very mixed bag and i kind of love the fact that it's a mixed bag but then i must admit there are times as well when i would love to kind of just uh have one thing out of the bag for the day and, and really get my teeth into it.
0: Hmm. And I guess everybody's always going to need batteries, but do you have a vision for how the marketing there should be done in the long-term, like a, a simple kind of idea that you want to get across?
1: Well, I think uh, I, I've really bought into what our communications are doing. Uh, we, we, we've had a bit of a change in the last few years and it's really moving positively towards engagement and Really telling interesting stories about what we do more than you know uh, putting pictures of batteries on the website and talking about you know how well this battery can discharge at twenty five degrees uh you know it's more about the the engagement and telling those stories and then um as I say that that then uh resonates with people that that need us to help them um I think to answer your question of where it's going to evolve I think we we need to we are evolving already in that respect. I think it's been a really good few years for SAFT in that, but I think uh, I hope it continues in that vein. And I know that that will uh, really help. um, I know that that will really help customers. I think customers really want to see what we can do, not just, you know, not just what we're selling.
0: Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. And I mean, last time we were talking, uh, you mentioned some of the challenges you have, and one of them was that uh, customers often, try and sort out battery quite late in the process and maybe that's uh creates obstacles for you how have you found it trying to get people involved early and thinking about batteries and how they're going to work what's your experience there
1: oh uh, yeah it absolutely drives me mad i can tell you it's uh it's been uh driving me mad um you know please don't ever ask my wife about it because you'll know that you'll just be sending me off on my soapbox to uh, have a have a rant <laughs> because uh the uh the problem is with batteries is there are a lot of very smart people that are design engineers that are very busy developing whatever that thing may be but uh, when it comes to the battery end of it I think um, people often take the capacitance of a battery they say you know we measure it in ampere hours so they'll say that it's you know a three ampere hour battery and And they will use a pretty uh, rudimentary way of just sort of almost dividing that by their own consumption and saying, oh, great, this battery lasts for 11 years, three months, two days, four hours and six minutes. And it's uh, but it doesn't work like that. You know, Um, it's uh, I understand why people make those calculations. So I wouldn't patronize anybody by by falling into that trap. Um, And of course, the battery is often, you know, the power at the end of this thing, but without the battery, the device is no good. But the battery is often considered as the last part of the thing to be dealt with. Um, and bearing in mind, you know, in a lot of applications, the battery is probably the most expensive component. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, you know, there's lots of kind of five and ten p components uh, that that, uh, that are in there. Uh, the battery, you know, batteries are, are expensive things. It costs us a lot of money to make them, so um, they are a bit of an afterthought, but. Coming back to the capacity thing, you know, when you consider things like self-discharge, they'll lose a little bit of their available capacity just every year. Well, after fifteen years, they've lost a they've lost a little bit. You know, we have to consider that. Um, there's environmentals. Uh, the best way to give this as a as an analogy, and I know sometimes we're all a bit guilty of using too many analogies, but it's like taking a car with uh, uh, that will take I don't know fifty liters of petrol um now you could drive that car you know drive it like crazy and get 100 miles out of that tank of petrol um i could drive that car you know and drive it uh very very well and well behaved and i'll get 500 miles out of that tank it's the same car it's the same fuel it's the same fuel tank but we're both using it in different ways and the same goes for batteries it's it's uh not just not the battery you've got but it's how you use it and um we have to consider all of the, the different variables and probables and 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 if anything i would like for customers to come to us earlier um to be let us be consultative with them and we would probably save a lot of customers a lot of time and frankly a lot of development costs if uh if we could be involved in that from an earlier stage of the project i wouldn't say from the beginning but certainly a lot earlier than we do at the moment Mm. But I did warn you that it was my soapbox topic. So I'm sorry I've taken a couple of minutes there.
0: <laughs> no, no, it's good to have one. It's good to have one. Um, but tell us about robotics and automation. What role do they play in SAFT and what value do they add to the business?
1: Well, the um, we do have robotics. We do have automated processes. But we do also have still a lot of batteries that are made almost from scratch by hand mm. because of the inspections that they have to go through um because of the quality levels that have to be achieved there are some 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 military batteries where it's pretty much as the battery as it was made 20 years ago because no level of automation could uh just keep such a close eye that would would hold up for such a critical application so yes we do have a lot of automation i think automation is is on the rise machine learning is getting a lot smarter so uh not only is there automation now robotics, but actually uh, with machine learning, machines are learning uh, to look for the faults and look for errors. Um, but, yeah, I think I think for as long as I've been here and for as long as I am here, I think it will be a, uh, a something of a happy medium between the robotics, but also between the, the quite frankly, the, and it, it, if I may say so, the craftsmanship and expertise of people making batteries um, um, in our factories. Yeah
0: yeah I mean it's not often that you think of handmade batteries it sounds like a, a kind of wonderful process
1: yeah but it's uh sometimes it's needed sometimes you you sometimes you cannot beat the human eye or even the feel that that that, that something's not uh, been made as it should and 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 quite honestly when the uh factory guys have that feel that they're often right you know because they're doing it day in day out they they really do know so um so yeah you you wouldn't think of it but it's it's still alive and kicking i mean in the uk we've got a uh, a factory in the northeast in in south shields and it's employing around 100 people of which three quarters of them are are working on the shop floor in our factory making batteries every day yeah
0: And let's talk about the impact of the pandemic. Um, how has that been for you guys? I know, for example, uh, you do a lot of business in the aviation space. What impact has the reduction in air travel over the last 12 months had on business?
1: Well, with the uh, pandemic, of course, we have been affected. Uh, we, we, we have had a, a tough year in 2020. Yeah, I mean, a big part of our business is aviation, you know, with Boeing and Airbus i think there's a statistic there's something like over 75% of the aircraft up there mostly of which are boeing and airbus are flying with a, a SAF battery for uh, for the power units and um so that's been tough other areas have been okay other areas have even gone up i mean if you think of uh, medical being part of our business and 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 then there's a lot of uh, a lot of our businesses we're supplying are doing ventilators which you know mm. you know so th- out of the pandemic in terms of business there are going to be some winners and some losers we've had a tough year for sure but i think more than anything i think uh as a worldwide sales force i think uh, uh from speaking to a lot of the people i work with i think we've really missed um having that kind of hands-on day-to-day meeting people being in exhibitions being in customers meeting rooms being at customers coffee machines um, i think we've really missed that kind of hands-on consultative um work that is is quite fundamental to the business um i know we've uh, everybody's got their own story from from covid i've certainly got mine you'll have yours but i think as a business i think uh, i think we've really missed being with our customers in the last uh what 15 16 months that it is now
0: mm. and then the other big issue of course is um brexit for example it's kind of really had an effect on people going back to europe and then a, and a skills gap is that something that you've noticed um what impact has it had on your business
1: I think more than anything. I mean, Saft is a very, uh, as I say, we've got the factory in the northeast. We've got uh, uh, three or four factories in France, factories in Germany. You know, we, we're a worldwide manufacturing entity, um, but we are trading everywhere. So, you know, in, in the UK, we've got customers around the world. In France, there's customers around the world. So it's like a big spider's web of uh, of trade. And I think uh, I think where we've been mostly affected in the, U- and I'm putting my UK hat on now. Um, I think where we've been mostly affected in the UK is, is obviously moving the goods around the logistics, the paperwork, uh, the tariffs, the surcharges. Um, uh, that's been the hardest part, not necessarily in the skills gap or anything like that, but it's been more the logistics of moving goods because, you know, the UK factory is not just supplying the UK, um, uh, people that need batteries. It's, it's, uh, the factory supplying, um, around the world. So that's been that's been that's been tough. It's been really tough. And I do feel as well with 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 Brexit, of course, it doesn't matter which way anybody voted. Now, it has happened. But I think it is certainly the onus is on the UK and on us in the UK to fix those problems. It's not a collective problem now. It's very much a British problem that needs to be fixed. So, of course, the, the onus is nearly always on you know the guys in the UK to try and figure out the problems that now come up.
0: So looking ahead to the next 12 months then, uh what are the business objectives for you guys? What would you like to see manufacturing do to develop and make sure we get out of the various issues that we've had over the last year or so?
1: I I'm I don't want to be kind of, you know, flying the union jack here, but I think if there's one thing that I think uh, the UK is very uh strong at, it's uh, a, a just get on with it type of approach to work. We're not too bureaucratic. In this country, we uh, when it comes to manufacturing and development and R and D uh, and designing and engineering, um, as we've seen from uh, as we've seen in some cases, some examples in the in the pandemic. You know, if something needs to be done quickly, it can be done quickly. So I think coming out of the pandemic and and as we kind of almost head more into Brexit, should we say? Um, I think the the one thing that the UK has got going for it is that as a nation, I think we're quite good at getting on with stuff and making stuff happen so i think that uh, uh the next 12 months hopefully will everything will have to have to kick start because the economy needs to turn businesses need to sell their things uh, and we're no different so i think um i would hope that that we would see the bounce because we need to bounce but i also would hope that in the uk we we're, we're well geared up for it with a good attitude towards uh, attacking it um getting things done getting things done quickly uh and and hopefully we could all get to say next christmas and 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 you know the employment's at a good level everybody's okay and 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 that would make me uh very happy you know if that was to be the case uh by you know this time next year and beyond
0: and what can the government and, and manufacturing industry itself what can they do to try and make sure uh we, we are resurgent again
1: i oh uh, well there's this there, that's a very hard question isn't it i mean if you uh what can the government do um i mean Everyone will have their views on that. Everyone's got their own political views on things. I don't know if, if it's necessarily so much a, a, a government uh, thing. I just think businesses need to to uh, take a chance, get going. If I had any kind of, you know, uh, without being political, if I, I would just hope the government kind of uh, uh, take off the shackles so that everyone really can get going. Let's uh, make sure there's not too much bureaucracy getting in the way of, of that resurgence.
0: Okay. Nicely negotiated answer there. Very, very apolitical.
1: (laughs) I swerved it brilliantly, didn't I? Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well done. Um, So we'll end the show the same way we do every week by asking you to tell us the one invention that if it was never manufactured, your life would be unbearable. What can't you live without?
1: Well, I think uh, on a personal level, I'd probably say something like Spotify uh because i think that's just been the best thing ever for me you know i i gladly pay for that every month and uh, i listen to a lot of music uh you know uh it does me a lot of good uh, to to have music um and but then as a as a uh a company guy i'm going to say batteries because without batteries you know half of this stuff wouldn't work um so i think it's uh, uh personally spotify professionally uh batteries <laughs>
0: brilliant all it leaves me to do then is to say thanks to today's guest Tom Willis
1: thanks very much thanks for having me
0: subscribe to this podcast in all the usual places Apple Podcasts Spotify Amazon and Google Music thanks for listening to this edition of Remake Manufacturing I'm your host Stuart Black see you next time